On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we chat with two members of the newly minted 2020 Alberta All-College team. We meet Aiden Huggins and Evan Wild. Welcome to episode 116 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It might have been a small sample size, but 2020 was shaping up to be quite a year for many of Alberta's baseball players who were taking the field at American colleges. Teams were lucky to get in 20 games before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, but they were being treated to some fantastic outings by athletes from our province. Some were on pace to record personal best seasons, some hitting over 400 and discovering some new power at the plate, while pitchers racking up the wins and the strikeouts. So we combed over the stats to bring you a roster of sorts that you can check out at albertadugoutstories.com. We've met some of those players through the podcast already, so we thought we'd catch up with a couple of others. We'll start things off this week with shortstop Aiden Huggins. He's been a key piece of the Division I Illinois State Redbirds offense and defense over the last couple of seasons. He hit 327 in 2020 with a triple, seven RBIs, and a stolen base in 14 games while not committing an error on the field to go along with 19 putouts and eight double plays. The Edmonton product has had an interesting path in baseball, admitting he actually kind of hated the game at first. Here's what else he had to say in a chat from over the weekend. Aiden, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Of course, thanks for uh, thanks for thinking about me and inviting me on. What's the last year been like for you, given that uh, you haven't really been able to play baseball the same way you normally do? Oh, it's been up, a lot of ups and downs, but it's it's been generally, I'd say, pretty good. Definitely not what we expected, but altogether it's been fun. Take us back to the day you found out that things were kind of going sideways from a COVID perspective. Where were you? Um, walk us through sort of the the reaction in the room when you find out, hey, the season's been canceled and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, we were actually in Florida, um, which was kind of crazy. Um, we had actually just pin- finished playing uh, Florida State the day before. Uh, it was actually a Wednesday. We played them. Uh, fortunately, we lost probably for one, but the next day was a Thursday. We, we had hearing rumors on Twitter, um, like Big Ten was one of the first things we heard that was getting shut down. And then once they canceled the College World Series, that's when we knew it wasn't looking too good. And we were just all sitting around our hotel, like around the pool, just kind of praying that we could get in our weekend series because we were going to play North Florida that, that following weekend. And yeah, just the whole, when we found out, it, it kind of just crushed all of us. But we got back here, and then it was kind of a quick turnaround from, from the time where it was canceled, and then everyone just kind of had to go home on the turn of a dime. But um, since then, it's been all right. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy to find out in Florida, of all places. Yeah, no kidding. Take us through your mindset when you find out, realizing that unlike a lot of your teammates, you're trying to get back home. I've heard stories of guys saying, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to cross the border, as an example. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was actually freaking out when I first got back because I, I couldn't book any flights. And uh, it was really tough to get in, in touch with my parents because, it was, it, like I said, it, was, it happened so quickly. But um, when I actually did get on a, a plane, it was, it was kind of weird. I was like the only person at the airport leaving town. And once I got on the plane, it was fine. But it was really creepy just being the only person in an airport. How challenging is it when you're trying to stay in shape, trying to catch eyes of maybe some some pro teams, all that kind of thing? What's been sort of key for you in, in staying in shape and, and all that kind of thing? 
Um, for me, it was it was really tough at first because with the forced quarantine, I had to actually leave here and come back home where I couldn't really do a whole lot. So really, it was just making sure I was eating well first. That was my first priority: is eating good um, and just really doing anything I could, like going on runs. I had like free weights and stuff like that in my basement, so I try and get that in as much as possible. But really, trying to find one way to get myself on the field in, in any way I could. Any frustration on your part, given that you know you were off to a pretty good start to the season and uh, things were really looking up for for you guys as a team? Yeah, uh, man, because it, it was it was horrible as, as a team because we were we had just turned turned a corner. We had beat Arkansas the week before, and we were kind of just figuring out our our own identity at that point, and we were kind of just coming into our own. And it sucked to have the pull the the plug pulled like that because yeah, we were we were on a, a hot little turn there. So how do you kind of harness that energy and head into the new season? Do you kind of wipe your hands clean sort of thing and start from scratch again? Or do you kind of look at all your teammates and say, listen, we can we can get this thing done and finish what we started? Oh, for sure. Um, really just building on what we had because we had gotten so many guys back. You know, we got our we got our Friday night starter um, who opted out of the draft. We, had, we got our uh, third baseman back. We got all, all of our core players back. And we added some new pieces as well, some JUCO guys. And we were just looking around the room like, man, we can really do something special this year. Like, we had we had already beaten Oklahoma. We could already beaten Arkansas with the team we had before. And now we have those same guys back plus even better arms. It was it was, it was was cool just to look at everybody. And everyone knew it in that moment. It was like, wow, this could be special. Does that put a little bit of pressure maybe on yourself to maybe up your game a little bit? Do you look at yourself and go, okay, what do I got to do differently to make sure that I'm pulling my own weight? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's too much pressure. Um, I just try and me personally, just try and be in the moment and just trust that, you know, I, I work, I work my butt off in the weight room on the field and stuff like that, that I'll be able to, to pick up where I left off and if not even do better, which would be, well, obviously be ideal, but really it's just trying to just look at every, every opportunity we've done in a positive light and then just let, let what we've done in our off time really just carry us forward. Was that one of the key messages when everybody did go home is, hey, there might be some guys who are trying to maybe t- use this as, as time away from the game. This might be actually an opportunity for us to maybe get ahead of the game and do the right weights, do the right meals, do everything the right way and, and come back bigger, stronger, faster and, and ready to play ball. Oh, yeah. It's actually really funny you say that because our coach is huge on bigger, stronger, faster. And when we left, he said, this is a blessing, guys. You have to look at it as a blessing. We can, we can go backwards or we can go forwards. And I think a lot of us actually went forwards. And it kind of carries into our motto for this year. We have like a team quote every year. My first year here was um, putting hay in the barn. You know, you, you put all this work in and you're putting all this hay in the barn. So when you get later into the season, you have something to, to pull from. And this year was actually um, the way you do anything is how you do everything. So when when I look back at all those moments, it, it it holds true. And anything you do, if you do it the right way, that's how you're going to carry into every aspect of your life. So one of the things that I always ask with uh, athletes, especially from this province, is that there's always so much consideration towards hockey and football, and baseball always seems to be third or fourth on the list. How is it that Aiden Huggins came upon the game of baseball? Do you remember the first time that you played it and the first time you, you fell in love with it? Oh, that's actually really funny. Um, I actually hated baseball <laughs> when I was a kid. I was looking back at my old 
my old notebooks when I was in grade school. It's like, what do you want to be when you're older? It's like, oh, I want to be an NHL player. And it's like, what's your least favorite sport? It was actually baseball. Hmm. So I, I, it was kind of weird. I don't really know when it was that I turned the Leafs, but I had been huge in the hockey. And when that kind of, I had to kind of choose my route and it, hockey was getting to the point where it was, it was so expensive that they can no longer actually do it. It was like, Hey, like you can really, you can really do something with baseball here. And I, I think it was more of just trusting that um, I could still put the same kind of effort I was putting into hockey, into baseball, and one way or another, it was going to work out. But I think really when it turned was probably ninth grade. Um, I really kind of was like, hey, um, I could do this. You know, like mm-hmm. we, I started really getting into watching shortstops and stuff like that. And Hanley Ramirez was at the time my favorite player. So really, I, I saw the things he could do. I was like, man, wouldn't it be pretty cool if I could do that? So I think around eight, probably ninth grade. Was there anybody in particular that kind of helped you turn that corner that made you maybe realize your potential there? Yeah. Um, I went to St. Francis Xavier, the academy, back when I was in St. Thomas More in junior high. And my coaches, Mark Randall and Sheen Bromley at the time. And sorry, and, and Mark Johnson as well. Um, or sorry, Mike Johnson. Um, those guys, just having those two big leaguers and the baseball mind as the great Sheen Bromley, man, it, those, it was just amazing to have those kind of guys around me. I was going to ask about that side of it because there's a lot, especially the this new crop of ball player that's coming through this province and going and playing high-level college ball down in the States. Is They're kind of benefiting from some of the, the experience of the players that came before them, and maybe they had a little bit of a pro experience in single A or double A, that kind of thing. Those kinds of experiences have to be pretty vital to kind of open your eyes, whether it's yourself or any of your your uh, teammates, that kind of thing, to see that the, there is potential there for you to go quite a ways in the game. Oh, most definitely. Um, and caring from St. Francis Xavier when I went to uh, Prospects Baseball Academy, Taylor Burns was that guy for me. Um, like, he had just came back from college. He was a new face. He was young. He was exciting and yeah, that was uh, on top of having Sheen, uh, Mike, and Mark. I'd say Taylor Burns was the biggest influence on me at that time, because yeah, he he just had so so much fire and so much desire to the game, and he just he really pushed us every single day. So yeah, having him and and his youth at the time, it was just it was unreal. Talk us through the experience of going from all the different steps that you have gone because you, you like you said, you go to St. Francis and you go over to Prospects and then you end up going to Cloud. You've been able to kind of experience the whole gamut and then you're playing Division One now. How, how when you look back on that experience, what's that like from your standpoint to be able to go, wow, I've done quite a bit already and I'm still a pretty young guy? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it wouldn't have happened if I actually didn't go to Cisco. Um, like, it's kind of an overlooked part of my my journey, I guess. Like, it doesn't really get brought up with my coaches here, but going to Cisco and getting that culture shock and failing and failing a lot was the biggest thing. Because um, then it allowed me to get to cloud and get into a new environment and see familiar faces and be like, whoa, like this is a breath of fresh air. Like, it's like a restart. It's like I had I had to fail before I could actually move forward, and I was so used to. It's kind of it sounds a little arrogant, but like at the time, like I was coming off high school, I went to tournament twelve. I felt like I was you know the top guy, and to get knocked down that heavily when my, in my freshman year was 
the biggest thing for me. What was it at Cisco that, ha- or maybe walk us through what happened at Cisco? Oh, uh, it was. <laughs> There's just so many big guys. I just remember when I first got there, I felt like I was 16 again. I just looked at everyone who had beards, and they were just all muscled out, huge dudes. Everyone could hit home runs. Pitchers are throwing hard. I was just like, wow, um, I have a lot of work to do. And that fall was a really struggle because it was, it was a battle of where I thought I could fit in and what I could bring to the table and what I saw around me and trying to do the things that they were doing, and that just wasn't in my skill set. Um, so yeah, it was like a constant struggle with the mental aspect of baseball more than the physical, which is kind of funny because it always, always seems to happen that way. But yeah, it has to be a bit of an eye opening experience. So, because we, we, uh, we continuously talk about how baseball is a game of failure and you managed to kind of come out of what you could perceive as a pretty big failure and turn it into a massive positive. That's got to be uh, kind of a feather in your cap almost. Yeah. And um, it it wouldn't have really happened if I didn't go to Cloud and get a coach like Coach Gilliland, um, who he rode me every day because I still, uh, even though I failed, I still kind of went into Cloud thinking, you know, I might be the guy here. He's like, no, you're not. Like you have to start at zero. He, well, he was on me every day, and he he really harped on things that Taylor Burns had told me, just like playing the game the right way and just attacking the game, really. And he was a big influence on uh, furthering my mental game. What's it been like being able to make that transition now from Cloud over to Illinois State? What's what's that experience been like for you? That's been amazing. Um, all my coaches uh, at some point played Juco baseball, so they understood the, where the hard work was coming from. They, they just understood that kind of lifestyle. So for me, it was really comfortable jump. Um, just because I had those guys that had the background. Um, and I, I honestly got, I, I'd say I got really lucky. I stepped into a really good program, uh, new coaches, and I had an opportunity to play as soon as I got here. And um, and really, I also was afforded the opportunity to fail, too. Um, like, they stuck with me. Like, I had a lot of games where, you know, I'm, I'm, I look lost out there because the game, once I got to D1, the game just sped up so much faster. And just having them, like, believe in me, Every single day was huge. So now eyes forward, I suppose. And when you look ahead to middle of February, getting back onto the field, what's your, your main goals and, and aspirations as, as you go forward with the new season? <laughs> Win as much as possible. <laughs> um, uh, try and do better than what we did in 2019. Um, we, we got to go to the regional. We were one game away, and it kind of slipped through our fingers a little bit. Um, to, get to get back to that stage... Um, capitalize on being at the regional, make it to that super regional, and just see what happens. Because we know we have the we have the ability in our locker room. So just really go all in, try and win. From a personal standpoint, I know you don't pay attention to stats a lot, but do you have any kind of benchmarks that you'd like to kind of hit through the course of the year, or is it just to remain consistent? What's sort of your mindset that way? Um, yeah, like I haven't really been a huge stat guy, but. Um, just being cons- consistent and putting my defense first. Um, if I defend and take care of the baseball, um, that translates to wins. Um, and then just really putting the team first. If like uh, personal success comes with the team success, so if I can be the, the lockdown defender that they need me to be, then everything I think will fall. 
looking at Twitter and that kind of thing. And you mentioned Taylor Burns, and I know he's highlighted you a couple of different times, whether it be in the in the uh, cages or that kind of thing. I know in in normal times he'd probably have you back and talking to some of the kids that he might have down there. Um, I know a lot of college kids like to come back here and maybe provide a little bit of insights for for the high school kids. We've got this opportunity. Maybe there are a few who are listening to the podcast now. What kinds of things would you pass along? Pieces of advice or that kind of thing to to those young kids who are looking to maybe follow in the footsteps of an Aiden Huggins? Um, I just say try and figure out who you are as a player as early as you can and stick with that and don't try and when you get to a different stage and you see guys that are doing things that you, you want to do or things that you see on TV, like huge home runs and stuff like that or wherever it may be, someone throwing 100 miles an hour, um, don't try and completely alter your game to fit something else. You can take bits and pieces from people, but really try and figure out where you fit in and what you're good at and then build off of that, but then try and well-round your game so you can build on the things that you're not good at as well. But on top of that, just really stay good in the weight room, um, eat right, um, and just work hard. Um, one way or another, as long as you work hard, you can look back on it at the end of the day and know that you did your best. So, But, yeah, I, I, I guess that's probably all I'd say. <laughs> Great pieces of advice. Final question for you, Aiden. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, it's oh, everything. Um the elements of everything I value in my life, um, whether it's camaraderie or family, you can learn so much from this game and you can apply it to your life. Like, like I said, our team quote this year is how you do everything and how you do anything. So are you taking care of the little things in your life? Um, are you respectful? Like there's just so many things that you can take away that, from this game that make you a better person. And like that, like that just means everything to me because with, without baseball, I don't know if I would be – I know I don't know if I'd be the guy I am today or in the position I am to be even better than I was yesterday. It's just there's just so much you can take away from this game and it's a truly it's a blessing to be able to play it. Aiden, it's been fantastic to watch uh, your journey in baseball, continued success and looking forward to uh, the 2021 college season for you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, uh, this pleasure is all mine. Next up is Airdrie's Evan Wild. The 6'7", 205-pound southpaw was dominant on the mound for Cloud County in his five outings. He posted a 3-0 record with a stellar 1.27 ERA, striking out 24 batters in just over 21 innings of work. The sky was the limit for Wild and the T-Birds, who were 14-4 when play was stopped. And as he mentions in this conversation from a couple of days ago, he was actually on the mound when he found out the world was about to change. Evan, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, nice to be here. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the last year or so because it's been so challenging for so many people. What's it been like from your perspective is uh, you didn't get to play baseball as much as you probably would have liked to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, last spring was was super tough. I mean, I, I honestly don't know if I'll ever be on a team like that again, just chemistry-wise. Like, it was crazy. Like, I've been on a lot of good teams, you know, a lot of teams with, like, some good talent good group of guys but nothing like that man it was it was crazy having it taken away obviously every other team was in the same position as us right but you know it's just it's never easy so hopefully that won't happen again this spring i really hope we get to play through our whole season but 
Do you remember where you were when you found out, you and your teammates found out that uh, things were going to be postponed and eventually turned into postponed for a really long time? Well, how could I forget? I was in the middle of my start, actually, against Butler County. <laughs> no way. In the middle of the game. And then I think it was just after I just finished my fourth inning. And um, and Coach gathered us outside the dugout, and he was like, uh, boys got some crazy news like our seasons banked <laughs> like mm-hmm. what and then yeah so i got i got pulled out of that game we threw our two other starters who were gonna throw the next day and worked as many sophomores into the game as we could from there and uh honestly once i think because i think the score was like it was pretty close in those first four innings and then once gilly said our season's over you know it's like just go out there have fun and we ended up uh we're seeing them. I think we beat them by 12 runs or so. Does it kind of open up your eyes a little bit? You know, because you're you're focused so much on the score 98% of the time, that one time when you kind of let your guard down, all of a sudden, you know, things start to roll really well. Did that kind of maybe open up a few eyes to what might be possible down the road here? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of coaches are always, like, talking about playing loose and stuff. So I think... I think the best teams are the teams that can have fun with it and play loose, and that's what that's what Gilly always says is like, you know, he's he's here pushing us in practice as much as he can, but you know, and this isn't a hundred percent true because no coach is going to be like this on game day. But he's like, game days are for you guys. Like, this is where you go to have fun. So, um, you know, he tries to stick to that as much as he can, with, like within reason, obviously. But mm-hmm. game days are like. You know, it should be loose. It should be fun. Walk us through what the attitude and atmosphere was like in uh, the clubhouse after that game and kind of all the question marks that linger because especially for a lot of you guys, you're, you're Alberta or Canada, and there's got to be questions about whether you can even get across the border, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean... It was it was weird coming back to campus after, especially us internationals. Like, we had like a couple meetings where Gilly was like, didn't want anybody to go anywhere crazy. Obviously, us internationals were kind of stuck in town for a bit, but uh, a lot of the people who live close just went home. So we were just sitting here. It felt like a ghost town. It was really weird. And then um, eventually, we ended up leaving, heading out. It's a 25-hour drive back home. I flew down originally, but ended up catching a ride with a teammate back home. We were like, we, pl- we initially had planned on staying overnight in Montana. And then we were like, well, what if we can't get across the border? So mm-hmm. we just decided to drive straight through. So we're driving through Montana. I think we crossed the border at like 2 a.m. or something after we had left at like 4 a.m. that morning. So it was a very long day of, of driving, but. What's that conversation like on the road trip back? Because you have all these unknowns going on, plus you're still kind of reeling from kind of the unknowns around a baseball season as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly can't really remember too much of it. me and Chaj. It was a, my teammate, uh, Kyler Churchin, who he was driving back with. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember too much of what we talked about, honestly, but I mean... <laughs> neither of us felt too good about it. I can tell you that it was still a shock. Like, yeah. Well, and obviously, especially from your perspective, I mean, a lot of people were turned, uh, had their heads turned watching you play. You had some fantastic numbers from your standpoint, 
what was going right for you? What was uh, what was the key to the success uh, in in that season with with Cloud? Um, I mean, if I had to boil it down to a couple things, I think number one um, didn't really give up too many walks. You know, I stayed in the zone, which is so so imperative. But I think probably maybe the biggest thing that that gave me the success that I had was that um, I stranded runners often very often and that's just what i what i think about when i think back to that season and it's like how many guys i left on third base how many guys i left on second base and like it's so easy for those situations to snowball you know they got like one guy in you know it's easy for that to turn into two or three it just makes a couple couple like times where you get complacent so it's like you get that big like you got runners on second and third or anybody in scoring position. You got like a 2-2 count. It's like, are you going to hang it over the plate or are you going to make a pitch, you know? Mm-hmm. And those are the big ones when you got to make them, so. Well, and obviously not just the strikeout ratio that looked good, but I, I assume a, a big port, part of that, as you were mentioning about your team and how good that was behind you, they obviously helped contribute to uh, to keeping those runners at bay. Oh, it was huge. I mean, our, our defense was rock solid. It was great, especially... Um, I mean, all around the infield too, but our outfield was just ridiculous. I mean, we had so much speed. We didn't really have any power outfield guys. You know, all of our outfielders were running like six eights, six sevens. So we essentially we had three center fielders in our outfield. They just tracked down everything. It was awesome. It was great to like you know just be able to be on the bump. You see anything in the air, and you're like, yeah, that's that's probably caught. You know. I'll get back to the future in a second, but I want to go even further back into the past with you and, and talk a little bit about your beginnings in baseball here. Because uh, as I always say, Alberta seems in, is seemingly known for its hockey and its football, and here you are uh, blazing your own path in baseball. Do you remember uh, when you first fell in love with the game, when you were first um, given a chance to, to hold a baseball or swing a bat? I mean, I remember all the way back to T-ball, especially um, we were playing T-ball and like I, I hit the ball and then I started running and I tried to hit a double because, you know, that's what I see the guys do on TV. I'm like, I'm taking two. And this coach is like, no, 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 only one base, buddy. And I'm like, what is this? You know, I thought we were playing baseball out here. But no, apparently we're only allowed to run 90 feet in T-ball. But anyways, yeah, so I, I played with AG Little League for a while. So I was 12, I think, and then moved on to play with uh, – Calgary and baseball Alberta and then transition play with um Calgary Bandits which was a really weird team where we were homeless we didn't have a field and we still went out and won a bunch of games it was pretty cool experience but what was it there when when did you realize this might actually become something that you want to chase do you remember do you remember that moment um I don't know. I guess it's something that I've always wanted to do, you know. Always wanted to play collegiate baseball somewhere. I think I think probably I got realized it pretty young cuz I remember we had uh back when they still made uh like games on the PlayStation 2 NCAA baseball. I used to play that all the time and I just I remember just like scrolling through all the collegiate teams they had on there and I was like this is so cool. Mm-hmm. You know. But did you have a certain player or certain team that you tried to to mold your game after, or even on the on the PlayStation, a team that you always were? 
<laughs> I remember I remember playing at Stanford a lot. I don't really know why. I think I was too young to even realize. I don't even know where Stanford was or their <laughs> reputation or anything. It was just kind of the, oh, I like their logo and their color. But, you know. Tell us a bit more about this journey in baseball you've taken because it seems kind of unconventional how you ended up getting from Airdrie to Cloud County. Yeah, so that was that was a bit of a weird one. So I... So I graduated when I was 17 since um, I skipped a grade. So I ended up with this kind of year where I was like, what do I do with my time? You know, like, I don't want to go sign, play baseball somewhere because then I'm going to end up using my eligibility here when I'm essentially a high school senior. So I was like, that doesn't make much sense. Like, I'm still like, everybody's bigger and stronger than me. Why would I play now? Mm-hmm. So. I ended up going to Lethbridge and like kind of taking a gap year, essentially. Made some money, played some baseball. Um, and then after that summer, I went back and played with the Bandits again for another year. And then it was when, um, I'm assuming like you know how in baseball Alberta, the winning team gets to pick up players when they go to Nationals. So I was one of those guys. St. Albert uh, picked me up and then we went out to London. Yeah, London is where it was that year. And um, St. Albert's head coach at the time knows uh, Gilly. Uh, he knows Gilly pretty well. So um, they had that connection. And then he, uh, I mean, he'd known who I was from around the league uh, before I was on his team. Um, you know, like when I when we played against his team, I struck his guys out 16 times in, in that game. We took a, took a nice win, even though they were always – number one in the league, but um, then we went out there. Uh, I pitched a pretty good game. I think we ended up losing one nothing in extras, but um, yeah, it was after that game. He was like, uh, I got a call from Gilly like that night, I think. <laughs> he basically told me like, uh, yeah, I'm prepared to make you an offer, but I need your answer by this weekend because this was already in August. So even just being at like school, it already started when I was out there. Wow. So then uh, he offered me after school had started. I, I don't know where he found any scholarship money, but he just scrounged it up from somewhere and then sent me an offer, thought about it for like a day. And then uh, I was down here. I was late, but I was here. And yeah. Quite the journey for sure. I'm curious, as you look back on it, anybody in particular who's really helped drive you to to that success level, anybody that you'd like to single out, whether it be a coach, maybe it's your parents, you know, there's, there's so many people who, who seemingly help uh, guide athletes to, to bigger and better dreams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my parents have always been extremely supportive of me and I really, that's something that I really appreciate. Um, and then like before I came down here, Al Gilly is one of the greatest coaches that I've had period. It's just that easy to say, but, um, uh, Mark Sarkowski, Calgary Bandits coach, you know, great coach, coached me for a bunch of years, you know, real old head baseball guy, but it was, it was pretty awesome getting to play for him for a couple of years. And then uh, the, the guy who I think might have the most quotables slash interesting coaching style was, Chris McNeil, I only played with him for one year when I was like 14, I think, but I can still, I still, I don't forget some of the stuff that he, he talked about and some quotes he's got still 
just like just can't get them out of my head you know they're still just as applicable then now as they were then any particular that stick out for you that you'd like to pass along to our listeners number one he just like he would always say this he said at the end of anything there's only two results there's either you wish you had or i'm glad i did and i think that's you know i think that's really valuable advice for that kind of advice, any others that you would pass along to maybe some kids who might be in this province who are trying to maybe follow in the footsteps of an Evan Wild? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you know, there's going to be times where you, where you doubt yourself. I've had a lot of times over my my journey where I've I've doubted myself, but you know, if it's something that you really want for yourself. And you and like you have what it takes, then you just got to go for it. You know, if you, it's a waste of time doubting yourself is what it is. So mm-hmm. don't waste that time. Speaking of not doubting yourself, heading forward, obviously you've got another year uh, left here at Cloud. Hopefully you get that underway, and then you got bigger and brighter things. You announced back in December that you were committing to uh, Niagara. What? factored into that decision and how excited are you to uh, make a name for yourself one final year at Cloud and, and eventually uh, head on over to uh, Niagara? I'm really excited for it all. You know, Niagara is going to be a great place. Really, really excited for that. Um, you know, didn't have to do a whole lot of convincing, uh, you know, on their end. You know, they got a really good thing going over there. I'm just excited to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what this spring brings for us. I think we got a really, really solid team here. So um, hopefully we can, like, finish our schedule. You know, hopefully we don't get any games banned because of COVID. But um, I think we're looking good, and I think we're going to surprise some people. Anything in particular that you've worked on over this downtime to make sure that you are in tip-top shape and, and ready to go once that season does start? Uh, I mean... You know, it's been tough over COVID, especially lockdowns in Alberta when I was home. Couldn't really do all too much, but, you know, um, Gilly had us all read a book. We got to pick a book over break that we had to read and write a report on. And, you know, I think, like, uh, you can't forget about the mental aspect of the game. And I think that's one thing that you can always be improving on. And I think, I think I'm in a much better, like, stable, competitive mindset now than i than i have been probably ever so very cool final question for you uh what does the game of baseball mean to you i mean it's everything as you know hopefully you know every every kid wants it to be their job one day but you know um yeah it's it's fun it's something it's meaningful it's like it's a reflection of life in a lot of ways and i think there's a lot of lessons to be taken off the ball field that, you know, you put into your own life. And that's, you know, that's one thing that Gilly's big on here is he's like, he's not just trying to build like the best athlete you can be, you know, he wants you to be the best person you can be. And I think that's something that's really important. Eleven, congratulations on all the success to this point, continued success as we head into 2021 and beyond. And thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yes, thank you. 
Thanks to both Aiden Huggins and Evan Wilde for joining us this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, head over to your podcast provider of choice and leave us a rating and review if you can, as those actions help spread the word about what we're up to. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.